Welcome back to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie podcast brought to you by ToughPigs.com. It's the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Keeper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I'm your host, Anthony Strand. And I'm your other host, Ryan Rowe. And we are very excited to be joined today by a first-time guest. Tell the listeners who you are, guest. Uh, hello, my name is Eric Brown, longtime listener, first-time caller. Longtime for, uh, tough friend of Tough Pigs, too, going way back to the early days of the forum. So, Yes, yes. I want to apologize up ahead uh, for anyone who thinks I'm Eric Adams from the AV Club. <laughs> Different Eric. Yes. But you are one of the most uh, frequent uh, discussers of the podcast on the Tough Pigs Forum. Yes. So we wanted to make I, I sure make, to have you on to, to share some of your thoughts. Yes. Every, every every week I listen to the podcast and I make notes and then I, I post it up on the forum. So uh, anyone wants to find out what I found, what I thought about all the past episodes, they can just go to the Tough Pigs Forum and uh, – <laughs> Read my comments. When this episode goes up, do you think you'll post on the forum to, to talk about what you thought of your own comments? Yeah, I'll probably listen to it and then I'll make notes on my own performance. And, right. and uh... Sounds good. All yeah. right. Awesome. And you are here to discuss minutes 73 and 74 of The Great Muppet Caper. In these minutes, Lady Holiday announces her plans to uh, put the baseball diamond away in the Mallory Gallery. Nikki and the models discuss their plans to steal it. And the Muppets hatch their plan to stop Nikki and the models. So we start here. We very briefly see Lady Holiday. Uh, she just says that the baseball diamond will go on permanent display at the Mallory Gallery. That's her whole thing here. So, I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but Eric, anything you want to say about Diana Rigg before we move on? Uh, yes, she is, she is just lovely in this movie. I, I love in this just this little bit uh, when she's saying uh, it'll – won't be on my person. She gives it a little head shake, and uh, or in my possession, uh, and she gives another little head shake as she says it. It's 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 wonderful head shaking acting. She's she is <laughs> she is quite amazing. Yeah, she's great. That she is really acting, is. Yes, I, you know it's one of those things where I feel like I've run out of ways to praise Diana Rigg. So I'm really glad that we have guests on who haven't haven't had the chance yet. <laughs> I don't um, think we've praised her head shaking yet, so that was good. There you go. Um, and then we see Nikki, really, we pan over to Nikki and the models. And Nikki reminds the models what their plan is to steal the diamond, which they, they all know this already, right? Like, he's only saying this out loud so that Gonzo can overhear it. Right. And it's, I actually. It's almost like it's a, just a movie. Almost. Yeah. But I, almost. I love the way this whole shot uh, is is done where it's Nikki listening at the curtain and then it kind of whips over to Nikki in this very tight shot talking to the three models, telling them what they already know. And then they do their evil laugh. And then it, it whips down to Gonzo still in the same shot. There are no cuts. It's like, here's what you need to know. And it's just so like, it, it's so quick and efficient about it. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's great. Um, well, and, and you mentioned their, their maniacal laugh, which is, is of course, um, to me makes that whole scene worth it. Cause they're all just so over the top about it. Oh yeah. It's like, Yes, we're going to do it. Whatever. I don't. What, what's the time? Tuesday at eight midnight. p.m. or whatever. Tuesday at midnight. Yeah. Midnight. Um, and they all just start laughing, and it's great. It's so much fun. It's so over the top. They're very pleased with themselves. Grodin is just so over the top. It's it's yeah. It's it's amazing. I made a note about that. Yeah, which he is throughout this movie, and it ne like I never get sick of it. He's so much. Yeah. Fun. He's he's very broad and over the top all through the movie, and yet it perfectly works right well and 
I feel like there are some actors who go broad when they're working with Muppets because they feel like like they they need to match the puppet's energy or something. And often I find that very off-putting, you know? Yes. Um, so I, I don't, I guess I don't want to name names, but let's say the uh, co-writer and lead actor of the 2011 film, <laughs> who I think is very, like tries to match the Muppets energy and just kind of seems like a bad actor in that, but. We will talk about that more in a few years, I suppose. Yeah, it's probably um, a, a tricky thing, though, because like Charles Grodin in this de- movie is definitely being silly or kind of he's being being sort of stylized in his acting style. And I would say the same thing about yes. Charles Durning in the Muppet movie. He was doing this sort of caricature. But we we like those performances. We think those are good. So I guess there's a yeah. very fine line. Well, and even even in that movie... Um, I think Amy Adams is really good, who's very also kind of being very broad. So yeah, right. She's playing the sort of cutesy character, but I guess she never takes it quite to the point of taking it too far. Right. Hmm. Yeah. So, anyways, Leia. Yeah, like you say, it's a fine line. But we see uh, very little of Charles Grodin here because from here on out, it's all Muppets for the rest of this scene. It's it might be the most. It's, it's. I mean. Gonzo has overheard this and he goes home and he tells everyone, which the, I love, I don't know why the entire hotel is in on this plan mm-hmm. now when last we knew they all just wanted to use the bathroom, but I'm really glad that they are. Cause it's so much fun yeah. that we have this whole scene of all the Muppets just hanging out. Well, it does kind of seem like it's been a long time since we saw all of these characters, but we did see them about 10 minutes ago riding bikes. Yeah. That's true. But really yeah. all they were doing is riding bikes and they each got a line of the song. So yeah, it's nice to see them all together actually being funny. Yeah. And so the first thing we hear is Gonzo is saying, so there I was backstage under a table. And I like that we're still looking at him backstage under a table. Mm-hmm. Like yes. we're, we're yes. stuck on this shot of Gonzo looking shocked as he starts his lines, which I think is, is a really nice Good. touch. Good editing there. Yeah, for sure. Great job. Um, uh, but then he was taking something. Oh, I don't remember the editor's name. Oh, uh, I don't know. Anyways, it's Ralph something. But good Great job. job. Great job, Ralph something. Good job, Ralph Go Ralph on, something. Yeah. I mean, it's not a name like Anita Mann. Right, I'll, right. I'll remember, that, I'll remember that choreographer forever. Right. Ralph Kemplin. All right. Go on, Eric. Yes. Uh, then Gonzo says he was, he was taking kneecap photos. And uh, it, it got me thinking that. Uh, I, I, I mean, this was uh, a product of its era, but uh, sort of the, the there's a bit of sexism in this movie, uh, male gaze. Uh, you know, we just before this, we had the, you know, the Waldorf and Statler synchronizing their uh, uh, their pacemakers, pacemakers for, the, yeah. for the uh, for the bikinis. Um, yeah. And Gondor says hubba hubba at least once during this movie. Yeah, right, and and we've talked about that. How Gonzo is kind of a perv in this movie. There's also a shot yeah. at that fashion show where he sees a woman crossing her legs and takes a picture of it, which is pretty uh, awkward. Yeah, yeah. So that's the other thing. Does Gonzo have some sort of leg fetish? Maybe. Like, I feel like when he just has a chicken fetish, we're just like, okay, it's chickens. Who cares? But it's like when he's lusting after humans, it feels ickier somehow. I hadn't thought of of that as being the motivation for his photograph, I guess, on kneecaps, though. I guess I just figured he was taking pictures of everyone's kneecaps. But I don't know. I, yeah, I guess it is mostly models backstage 
So yeah. yeah, maybe there's something to that. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess you're right. It's, it's probably more innocent than the, the leg thing at the fashion show, but still it feels close enough that I don't know. Gonzo's a freak, man. He is. He is. That's yeah. Yeah. But I also like that after he says, I was doing a photographic essay on kneecaps, everyone in the room just kind of nods and goes, mm-hmm, right. mm-hmm. Well, it's also a good example of how the Muppets can make things funnier because they can make weirder jokes. Like, in an, any other movie, you might just have somebody like, oh, I was coming back from the bathroom and I overheard these these people uh, talking about this conspiracy to, to rob, you know, to steal the baseball diamond. But here, they take it a step in a weirder direction by having Gonzo sitting under a table taking pictures of people's knees. Well, and of course, also Gonzo is tiny, which helps. Right. Like, yeah, he doesn't, he doesn't need to be it shoved is, under a table. It is very Gonzo. The the kneecaps. It's, right. Yeah. For sure. So then Gonzo announces that the gang plans to steal the diamond. Janice says, "Bummer," which yeah. I love. <laughs> and then everyone just talks. Everyone just makes noise for twelve seconds. It's mm-hmm. like a. It's like a dang Robert Altman movie. Well, actually, here. before that, uh, Floyd says, what's the plan, man? And Gonzo says, I already told you, Tuesday at midnight at the Mallory Gallery, which is another one of these sort of exposition things where it's really for our benefit in the audience, but the characters are like... I, I always love that, like on a, a TV show with a serialized storyline where one character will be like, so remind me what's been going on lately, or, you know, that kind of like, remind me why we're doing this, and then they... Deliver exposition, which the other characters should really already know, but they just need right. to let the it's, audience know. It's so. plot exposition, right? It has so to go somewhere, yeah. So Floyd is asking what's going to happen, and Gonzo's like, "I just told you Tuesday at midnight at the Mallory Gallery," but it's well, you mentioned when on TV shows when they do that because those scenes are often used on like a previously on yeah thing where it'll be like previously on Lost or whatever, and then it'll show. Hurley explaining what had happened right. to somebody else, you know. Yeah. Um, but this this scene serves that exact function in the trailer that was on a ton of Henson VHS releases in the nineties. Oh, okay. Like in that in that trailer, which I I feel like I saw it was on Muppet Christmas Carol. It was on like the Emmett Otter VHS tape. Like I I feel like I have so many tapes with that the Muppet movie and Great Muppet Caper trailers in it. Uh-huh. And on and on that trailer. Um, we see Gonzo saying they're going to steal the baseball diamond. Let me see. I, I wrote them all down. Hmm. Um, we in, in that trailer, we see Gonzo saying, I heard him planning to steal the baseball diamond. We hear Fozzie say, we don't want the bad guys to win. Yeah. And we hear Kermit's whole speech about embarking on a potentially dangerous mission, which is like intercut with examples of physical violence and gunplay yeah. and all this. Yeah, so I think the scene probably has like mo- the most representation in that trailer of like any other scene in this movie. Right, for sure. Well, yeah, it I mean, summarizes I mean, the whole last act of the movie here. It tells yeah, you yeah. everything that's going to happen. That's right. Yeah. Um, so here's the very strange thing about that trailer. I, I went and watched it just before uh, this. Mm-hmm. Um, the lines: "We're going to have to catch those thieves red-handed," and "What color are their hands now?" Those lines are in the trailer, but not in this scene. Right. Beauregard, they, they have, Beauregard is in yes, his Kermit, when they show him. Yes, and Kermit, Kermit is walking up to the, the curb to get the cab when he says, we're going to have to catch those. They, and they just dropped that dialogue from the scene over that one. And then they cut to Beauregard in his cab, where he's actually supposed to be saying, like, you know, inviting them into the cab. Did you saying, want me to stop or, or what? 
It was the line after that, oh, but okay. yeah. Um, so, but I'm but, like, yeah, I noticed why? that too. Yeah, that's a really why? weird choice, and maybe I they think, think people don't if, notice if because the Muppets to... just the, the Muppets don't lip sync like humans do. Yeah, you can do it. It you know it's possible. It's easier to do with the Muppets, but it's still a weird choice. Well, here's my guess. Okay, like like you said, this scene is very well represented. Very so I wonder if they did just didn't want more. Sh- I didn't wonder if they didn't want it to visually look like the whole movie is the Muppets sitting in a room. Like, <laughs> m- more shots of things that aren't the Muppets sitting in a room, right? Yeah, like the Great Muppet Caper is packed with Muppets sitting on a bed, right? So that's I mean, my I'd guess watch for why movie. they would do that. Oh sure, I'd watch that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, Murphy, pretty Murphy good, bed yeah, springing up every five seconds or whatever. Great, yeah. love it. Um. But yeah, so anyways, then uh, after after Gonzo says his news, everyone just makes noise. Just it's I counted it's twelve seconds of just everyone talking. Oh wow! Um, I couldn't really pick out any particular lines after Floyd's one about the plan, right? Or Gonzo's response? No, not in this particular moment. But it's but of course it all leads up to Kermit yelling "quiet," and then Janice says, "Look, mother, it's my life, okay? So if I want to live on a beach and walk around naked." One of the most famous and beloved jokes from this movie. Yeah. Well, and it's like, it's one of those things where, why isn't that tasteless? Like, why is that a perfect joke? When, like, later on, every time the Muppets try to do that kind of adult humor, it seems terrible. What's the difference? I don't know. Well... I, I mean, there's. Part of it has to do with the fact that it's Janice, and she's sort of a guileless character. Um, I mean, now you have a lot of material like that is given to a character like Pepe, who is definitely more of an aggressive. Like we know that Pepe is a horn dog when he says something inappropriate. We sort of wish that they hadn't made those jokes. Mm-hmm. But with yeah, with Janice, I think there is a kind of innocence to it. Yeah, well, and like to bring up, I think that it also like now now that you mention that Pepe seems like he is going to prey on women right like, at all times, and Janice seems like she's just doing this for herself. Janice is just this like, mellow. Janice wants chick to be just, free. Right, right. It, it, there's nothing. Right, it's just about talk, her talking about how she wants to live her life. That's all it is. Um, maybe it's just it. Because it comes out of nowhere. I mean, like, compared to, say, Fozzie's fart shoes. Um, it's, <laughs> it's, it's sort of a... Yeah. Janice's line is sort of a button on uh, on the joke of everyone talking and no one be able to hear anything. Um, if, if you just try and do it, do something like that standalone, it doesn't work as well. Um but as a button on that joke, it, it seems to work. Right. That's a really good point. It's the, yeah, it's the yeah, punchline. That's, that's a good point too. Yeah. And yeah, I think a lot of it just really has to do with it being Janice. I don't, I don't know that it would have been as funny with any other character in that room. I mean, they, they do right. like again with an, in the next movie. Yeah. They, although like what's interesting to me is in that movie, Janice is talking about not taking her clothes off when asked to, right? right. Like, which gives us the impression that she'll do it for herself, man. Right. But no man is going to tell Janice to take her clothes. Again, she's asserting she's her independence. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Janice is yeah. woman here. Her yeah, Janice more. rules. Yeah, Janice is great. For sure. For sure. Um, but so then, after that, there's an awkward silence. 
And then Kermit says that they'll have to catch the thieves red-handed. And as we've already discussed, Beauregard says, what color are their hands now? Another one and of the most grew. popular and famous jokes from this movie. It's all in this scene. Just all right. the great lines yeah, yeah. in this scene. Yeah, over and over, because it's, ah, it's one of the best scenes in the movie. But that's one of those things where I feel like that joke must have been made. Else, Like, that joke must predate this movie, right? It feels yeah. so much like a, like a Three Stooges joke or an Abbott and Costello joke or yeah, something. Yeah, it's, it's likely. I can't think of that anywhere else a, I've heard it, but yeah. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, it's such a, like... So many comedy teams have the like cheerful dumb guy who's going to say something like that. You, you know what I mean? The I don't Muppets know. have several of those. Yeah. Right. And if it is, like, obviously, I don't mean that as, oh, it was plagiarized. I just mean it feels so much like a, you know, 1940s studio comedy oh, joke. Yeah. And, and it, you know, the, perfect. the Muppets you know? have definitely borrowed from <laughs> joke traditions before by right, right. appropriating jokes from vaudeville and whatnot. For sure. And, um, and it feel, feels like that, even though I can't think yeah, of it. Yeah, it occurs to me, too. I didn't even exactly. think to look up the actual etymology of the phrase red-handed. Where, why do we say red-handed? Where does that come from? That's a very good question. I guess we'll have to look that up for next time. I'll, um, I'll, I'll look it up, and I'll, I'll post it on, on the forum when the, the uh, <laughs> when this podcast sounds is good. Released. All right, sounds good. Um, Who sorry. is Janice saying that line to? Yeah. Talking to Gonzo? Yeah, well, it sounds like she's telling the story to somebody. Like, this is, can you believe what this conversation I had with my mom? But then it doesn't really look like she's talking to anyone in particular. Yeah. 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 Hmm, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell. Yeah. Gonzo would be a natural audience for such a thing. I oh, yeah. <laughs> but, because he's a freak, again. Um, but, yeah, so then Kermit says the, the line that I alluded to earlier is being in the trailer. We're about to embark on a potentially dangerous mission. There could be physical violence, there could be gunplay, and there's the slightest chance that somebody might even get killed. Yikes. Which, yeah, yeah. It's, it does such a great job of establishing that the the climax of this movie will have real stakes. Mm-hmm. Like, the whole movie's just been a goof and a laugh, and we're all in a movie, so who cares? You know? Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's why they have Kermit hit that so hard, that it's like... No, no, this is the climax of the movie. Be invested. It's getting real. Don't now. assume that we're all we're yeah, don't assume that we're all just actors who are going to go home at the end of the day, right? Somebody might even get killed. Yeah. Another thing I noticed just thinking about this scene and and the scenes uh on either side of it. Um there is not going to be another song in this musical comedy until the very end credits at this point. Yeah. Huh. I guess that's right. After Piggy's fantasy, the whole rest of the movie is just this heist and all this uh, like action caper stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's right there in the title, True. to be fair. Yes, the great Muppet action caper stuff. Wow, yeah, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> great Muppet caper. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, but so, so then, after Kermit establishes the stakes, of course, everyone says that they don't want to do it. Right. right? Can you blame them, Start- though? <laughs> Someone um, might no. get killed. Uh, also, why right. don't they just call the police first? That wouldn't be funny? It wouldn't be funny, but I guess, uh, I don't know. I wonder why Kermit immediately went to, we have to catch them red-handed. Like, we don't want to call the police. We have to break into the Mallory Gallery and see them catching the diamond, and somehow Look, that will help us 
take bring them to justice. Well, ever since the beginning of the movie, when they asked Mr. Tarkanian to send them to London, it was because so they wanted to find and catch the thieves. That's true. Kermit said, so, "We'll catch those jewel thieves." Right. Yes. Kermit yeah. wants to be the hero. That's why. Yeah, that's his goal. Yes. Yeah, he wants to be the hero of this movie, you know. But anyway, so but I was going to say a couple of things about uh, everyone saying that they don't want to do it. First of all, I, I've always thought it was really funny that Pops has a dental appointment at midnight, apparently. Yeah, that's that's really. <laughs> and of course, Pops doesn't have any teeth, <laughs> so that's all great. Um, but Floyd says, "Don't we have a gig or something?" I think that's Zoot. Yeah, Zoot said that. Oh, Zoot says it. Okay, uh, Zoot says, "Don't we have a gig or something?" But we established, Floyd established in the Happiness Hotel, the song, that they only stay there between gigs, and it's been five years. So, no, uh, they don't have a gig. They haven't had one in five years. Sounds like you caught Zoot red-handed. What color are his hands now? <laughs> They're kind of a greenish, bluish. Yeah. Now it's not the time for that kind of humor. Um, <laughs> but also, is it just me, or it Bunsen says, ditto, in like the most stilted way Dave Golds has ever said anything. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. It sounds funny. Yeah, I guess it's just one word, and that's why. Ditto. Like, Dave Golds has to make it sound like Bunsen, and it's just two syllables. Yeah, you know. But um, any any other thoughts about everyone's excuses well, and all that stuff? Yeah, I was trying to see how many I could actually pick out. Everyone is talking at once, but I managed to hear. Uh, Janice is saying something about how she has to go to work all day, and then it sounds like she says, I have to make alfalfa sprouts and all sorts of good things. Yeah. <laughs> so that's that's, that's really of, good. Yeah. And uh, very, you know, that's very plausible for Janice. Um, and then Floyd just says, They didn't say nothing about no danger. Mm-mm. Well, that's pretty good. So that's all the reason yeah. he needs. Yeah. Side note uh, when, when Janice is talking, uh, we get a nice shot of the interior of her mouth. Uh, and uh, in the continuing saga of Janice's epiglottis, this is on the range of not all that dangly. Oh, okay. <laughs> so her her uvula is not hanging and, and dangling down. So yes. that, that switched back and forth over the years, right? I think it got more and more dangly as, as time went I on. I think that's what... So I, I did write an article, a, a very hard-hitting expose about Janice's I, uvula I for toughpigs.com a couple of years ago, which I can link to in the show notes. And yeah, I think generally what I found was that um, it became more noticeably dangly as the years have gone on. Huh. Interesting. Mildly interesting. Yep. My, mildly interesting, yes. Um, that's the so, week of this podcast. That's... <laughs> That's absolutely true. Um, mildly interesting, Reeves, our biggest fan. <laughs> All right. So uh, then everyone's talking again. Fozzie yells, hold it. Shame on you. And Another then, great line. Another from the trailer. Then, yeah, also oh, in no, the trailer. The next line is from the trailer. Yeah. Uh, right. Yep. That's right. Uh, we don't want the bad guys to win. It's in the trailer. But he, Fozzie says, I thought we were in this thing together. Which again. Considering that other than him, Gonzo, and Kermit, none of these characters have discussed this before this scene. They've also only known each other for about two days. Right. So why did Fozzie think they were all in this together? Well, and not only that, but the rest of these guys, they they like they rode in a bus with Piggy, and then they rode their bikes next to her. So they, none of them really has any kind of relationship with Piggy to want to go on this dangerous mission to help her. 
Right, right. But here's the thing. Fozzie brings them over to his side by saying, I'm just as scared as you are, but this has to be done. Yeah. Which is such a nice piece of characterization yeah, for Fozzie. Yeah, this is really well written. Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Fozzie's great. Yeah, that line. It's a Saint I, Crispin's Day speech. Sure. It's a Saint Crispin's Day speech. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I really like his delivery on. We don't want the bad guys to win. Yeah, oh, which yeah. again is is burning your brain from that trailer. Yes, so. probably. But that's also I I thought about that line a lot on election night of 2016 as the results were coming in. <laughs> like, as, as the bad guys were winning. That's right. I remember that. Yeah. I was I was in America that day, so I remember that. <laughs> yes. I'm sure you felt something very similar. Yes, absolutely. But anyways, then that's the end. That's where we end. This clip is with Fozzie trying to convince everyone to... He says we got to do this for justice. Yeah, for, we got to do this for justice. And then that's where we cut off. Fozzie is trying oh. to convince everyone to screw their courage to the sticking place. And Yeah, what else besides justice? We don't know Very nothing. We'll so have far, to wait for next yeah. week. We'll find out next week. Um, so, any final thoughts before we close? That brings us to the end of these sequences. Uh, that brings us to the end of these minutes. Eric, I'll start with you. Uh, my one note I have left is that um, I, I, I try to I try to chase voices. Uh, I also try to chase uh, puppeteering, and in the shots, like over. Kermit and Fozzie showing all of the Muppets. I'm pretty sure that Frank is not performing Fozzie. He is performing Animal. Animal is very animally in those shots. You know, his breathing, huh. his looking around. I'm I, so it it just that's I don't know anyone who can perform Animal <laughs> like Frank can, and it's just it's just dead on. So I, which is interesting because my first your first thought is he's going to be playing Fozzie in that shot, but no, it's just the back of Fozzie's head. So. They save him for uh, the other angle. Right. You're yeah. talking about, yeah, the shots where, yeah, Fozzie doesn't have any lines. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's interesting because he's still, I mean, Kermit is the focal point because he's talking, yeah. but you would still think that maybe they would want Frank to play his most important character in that scene. But, uh, but, um, I would guess then in that case that Steve Whitmire is performing Fozzie, probably. That's because we guess, know that's. Maybe. We know that Steve Whitmire generally performed Fozzie if Frank was playing another character. Oh, in there the scene. You go. Like during during this time. There's a shot of the opening sequence in Muppets Take Manhattan where you can see behind the scenes footage and Frank is playing Piggy and Steve is performing Fozzie. Oh okay. huh. interesting. Yeah, I bet you're right. Yeah. During during Together Again at right. the start. So Ryan, anything else? Um, just a, a very small tidbit from the July twenty second, nineteen eighty draft of the screenplay, Ooh, which goody. is that yes, which is that some of uh, there there are a few suggestions for the Muppets overlapping dialogue um, when they talk about the the models and Nikki conspiring to steal the diamond. Um, it says that the Muppets are saying things like "Let's get them, we'll tear them apart, meep 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 meep." I knew Miss Piggy was innocent. Let's spring her out of jail. Fjord Borkin bake a bomb cake. <laughs> Who did they, they give the meep 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 line to? <laughs> uh, I'm guessing. I'm guessing uh, Rolf. That yeah. There you go. So that was amusing. I don't know if any of those lines actually made it to the screen, but <laughs> I, I do like the thought. Actually, is the Swedish Chef even here? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a good guess that meep 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 did. But 
Um, but I like the He's thought there. that the Swedish chef wants to contribute by baking a cake with a bomb in it. Yeah, that's a, that's a fun idea. Yeah. All right. So finally then, Eric, we like to ask all of our guests, uh, what's your history with The Great Muppet Caper? Do you remember the first time you saw it? And where would you rank it among all the Muppet movies? Okay, so I'm old enough to have actually seen all of the Muppet movies in the theater. Um, though strangely enough, I did not see Christmas Carol in the theater because I was in college and didn't have a car. So the first time I saw that was on VHS, which means that I have very definite opinions about when love is gone, but we can talk about that in a few years. <laughs> Um, sure. Yes. Uh, but yes, so I remember seeing this in the theater. I have this very distinct memory of at the end of the movie, uh, um, after the credits start rolling, you know, the real credits, not not after all the, the parachuting Muppets, sorry, spoiler alert, uh, and the regular credits, you know, I think my family got up to go. I think we, I remember like pausing at the back of the theater because the credits weren't done and there was, you know, music playing and stuff. And so at the very end when, um, uh, Gonzo comes in and takes a picture of the audience and uh, says he'll send it to me. I, I have this memory of like, oh, that'll be so great. I, how will he know how, where how to send it to me? Uh-oh. Yeah. You? How old were and you? How old were you? Uh, let's see. This was what year was this? 80, 81. 81. 81. Uh, so I would have been nine. Okay, so you were really okay. hoping that Gonzo would send you a copy of that picture. Yes. Yeah. That, that would have been so cool. Yeah. And it, it, let's see, as far as uh, uh, this placement of this movie in, in the Pantheon, uh, for a long time, I would have said that the Muppet movie was the best because it was the first. And that was pretty much all the reason I needed. It was the original. Therefore, it was the best. And then I think on the Tough Pigs forum, someone posted the the heretical idea that The Great Muppet Caper was actually a better movie. And at first I was aghast. I was like, what? No. And, but then I started thinking about it. And I started thinking, you know, the great Muppet caper is a lot funnier than the mm-hmm. first movie. It's just got so many good jokes and, and it's well-written and all that stuff. And I started thinking, you know, wait, I, I think I actually like this movie better than the other one. So yeah, great Muppet caper is my favorite Muppet movie. Yeah. Awesome. I had something similar happen because of, of one of those threads on the Tough Pigs forum where I, it inspired me to watch the first three on consecutive nights. And I, I realized, oh, wow, actually, yeah, Great Muppet Caper is, is just a little bit uh, more entertaining than the Muppet movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're both good, though. They're both great. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. I'd, I'd probably put the original as, as second. Uh, Muppet Takes Manhattan, uh, maybe third of the original trilogy. Yeah. Reasonable. Me too. All right. So that brings us down to the end for today. Uh, listeners, you can always check out toughpigs.com on the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and anywhere else you can find it. You can follow me on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. You can follow Ryan at me, Ryan Rowe. And Eric, where can our listeners uh, find Well, I guess they can you? just go to the Online. Tough Pigs Forum. They can go to the Tough Pigs Forum and uh, uh, read all my wonderful posts on there. Always a joy. Yes to have you on the forum and it's been a joy to have you here uh, on the podcast as well. Thanks so much for coming. You're quite welcome. It was a joy to be on. Great. Glad to hear it. And uh, listeners, if you're so inclined, give us a positive review on iTunes and tell all your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of moving right along. Goodbye. Bye.
Ditto.